we would have to go through a lifetime of Palm Sundays to begin to even be able to try to understand all that's happening in this wild scene that's given to us this morning from the Gospel according to Luke. That if we're going to try to make sense of everything that's happening, we're going to have to try to make sense of a lot of other things that have already happened. Because just in these small, this small passage, for us to wrap our minds around anything, we have to remember words and ideas and thoughts from the prophets Zechariah and Habakkuk. We're going to have to remember some of God's commands to the people of Israel in the book of Exodus. We're going to have to remember words from 1st and 2nd Corinthians. We're going to have to remember words from Psalm 118. We're going to have to try to have a good understanding of, of what the Passover was and what the Passover celebration is. If we're going to try to make sense of all that's happening on Palm Sunday, we're going to have to try to get all of that together because all of that, and even more, is wrapped up into these small verses. Now, unfortunately, even with all of the attention lately that people have had on some biblical stories or some parts of the Bible, they're very interested to go watch it on the movie screen, very intrigued to see what, how the movie comes out, but studies are telling us that very few of us are actually finding out the story ourselves. And that's unfortunate. Because because of that, we are missing so much of what Palm Sunday is really all about. We're going to try to be able to have a good grip of Palm Sunday. We're going to have to think about and take into consideration the emotions of a whole lot of people, the emotions of the disciples, of the multitude of disciples. Maybe you have to think about the Pharisees. You have to think about how an entire nation felt. I even wonder about this guy for whom the answer was, the Lord needs it. For him, that was a good enough answer for him to say, okay, you can take my stuff. Now, I'm thinking about trying that with some of you. Anybody got any 55, 60-inch TVs? Because the Lord needs it. How's that going to work out? But you know what? <laughs> That'll work, brother. That'll work. But that answer was good enough for him. Why is that? And I don't even have a problem with thinking about the little donkey in this story. Because there seems to be a, a good message in there as well. That even if you're the donkey, and even if you want to go back to some King James translations and use another word for donkey, even if that's you, as long as you're doing what God's telling you to do, you're doing all right. Y'all with me? So we think about the disciples because... Like they usually seem to be doing, they're more worried about, I think, what's in it for them. And Jesus takes two of them and says, all right, this is what I need you to do. Bear with me. There's going to be a cult, right? Never been ridden. I need you to go over this, guys. You'll see it there. Uh, when he tries to stop you because no, you are stealing his stuff, just tell him, I need it. It'll be okay. So I imagine the disciples going along saying, it's kind of weird. This Jesus guy. But did you know what? Did you pay attention? He only sent two of us. What do you think that means for us? What do you think? What do you think he picked us for? 
Now, of course, Luke's not telling us this, but I'm imagining that as those disciples bring that colt back, they say, all right, Jesus, I need you to get on here. And Jesus, we know, is the one who is able to calm the storm, right? To make the winds die down. It seems like if he can do that, he can get on a small donkey by himself. But Luke tells us the disciples put him on it. And so I kind of wonder if the disciples are thinking, something good is about to go down. And I'm glad I'm here. Hurry up, Jesus. We need to come on, get you going, get you all nice and set up. We know where you're going with this. Hey, y'all, I even think they may have instigated the rest of the crowd. Look who's here. It's time. And as you're yelling and shouting for him, pay attention to the guy who's walking right next to him. Remember this face. That seems to be how the disciples think sometimes. And then there's these people, these multitude of disciples, which seems to suggest that there are a lot of people who are following Jesus at this point. They're all yelling, Hosanna, Hosanna, which translates for us, save us, save us, save us. What's going through their mind? How are they feeling about seeing Jesus coming in? Sure that he is their king that is about to save them. There's the Pharisees. Oh, our friends, the Pharisees and others like them. You know, I kind of wonder, some people can't stand for anything good to happen if something good ain't happening for them. And I think the Pharisees kind of feel that way because they know if people are giving all this attention to Jesus, that's less authority that they may have. And I think there's even a part of it that Jesus, you need to tell your people to be quiet. We do not want Rome all in our business this week. No thanks. Of course, Jesus tells them, Brother, even if these people were able to be quiet, the stones would cry out. a lot of feelings to think about from different people, but I think there's one other person whose feelings it might be good to take into consideration. As you know, Palm Sunday is for us uh, a joyful time, right? Most churches, we give palms to the kids, and they wave them around, and you know, I've been to churches where I give these to adults, and the adults act like a bunch of kids, right? There's just something about having this, hand, this in your hand that you just have to do something like this, Right? Or something like this. I've seen it happen. And, and Palm Sunday is a joyful time for us. It's the beginning of Holy Week. But how did Jesus feel about it? How did he feel about what was about to go down? Yeah, I think stress would be a good word. I'm I'm sure, I'm sure, my own opinion, obviously, I'm sure that Jesus laughed. Think about all the people that he met, going to all the places he went to. I can see him having lunch with some sinner or tax collector or somebody else in between. 
I know somebody in that area, at least one person, had to have had at least one good joke, right? And it just gets Jesus, and he just gets one of them belly laughs where he just can't stop. You ever have a laugh attack like that? And it just brings you to tears, right? And I know, I don't read this in Scripture anywhere, but I just know this about Jesus, that he laughed so hard at least once that he was brought to tears. I don't read that in Scripture, but what we do read in Scripture is that there were other times that Jesus was brought to tears. You go home and Google the question, which has been asked quite a, a lot, apparently. Did Jesus cry? And uh, you'll find your answer, as with all good answers, coming from the book of John. Great book. Most holy book. And you'll be reminded that there was a time that Jesus cried. When you look it up, you'll be reintroduced to Lazarus, and Mary, and Martha. And you'll realize that as Jesus saw the people and their supposed lack of faith, he wept. But there was another time we're told that Jesus cried. Do you know when it was? Palm Sunday. See, usually on Palm Sunday, the church, we stop right about where we stop today. The stones crying out or some other place. But if we go continue along with the next verses, I want you to hear what Jesus thought about Palm Sunday. As he, Jesus, came near and saw the city, he wept over it, saying, if you, even you, had only recognized on this day the things that make for peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. Indeed, the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up ramparts around you and surround you, and him you in on every side, they will crush you to the ground, you and your children within you, and they will not leave within you one stone upon another, because you did not recognize the time of your visitation from God. Jesus doesn't seem to join in. A lot of fun. In fact, as he makes his way up a little more, he gets to a place where he can see the city of peace, Jerusalem, the city of peace, and he weeps because he knows there is no peace there. There is no peace because they have been unable to see peace right in front of their eyes. Now, I've been in a lot of Bible studies and conversations. I've heard a lot of people um, talk about how those poor people in Jesus' day, they just didn't get it. They had their idea of what Messiah was supposed to look like and what Messiah was going to do. And they just couldn't see that image of Messiah and Jesus. Those poor people, they couldn't see Messiah right in front of them. Now, the only trouble with that kind of conversation is that it seems to suggest that we have Jesus figured out. Friends, I'm not so sure we do. I'm not so sure we do at all. 
For some people, and I know because they've told me, and you probably know because maybe you've heard this, for some people, Jesus is the meal ticket to an okay afterlife. Some people, Jesus is that way to make sure we have our non-smoking reservation upheld past this world. So much so that that's all we think of Jesus. It's the only time we think about him and we forget about life today and what Jesus means for us today. And I kind of wonder, as Christ looks over that and he sees that kind of faith, I wonder if he weeps. Now, we've poked fun a little bit about people who have a particular drug problem, right? Uh, Sometimes it's a spouse or it's their children where mama or daddy or or the, the best lady, the boss or whomever, drugs somebody to church. You ever know somebody had that problem? They were drugged to church. They didn't want to go, but they know if they didn't come this Sunday, good Lord, they would hear it for the rest of the week. So here we are. And I kind of wonder as Christ looks over the landscape, does he weep because that's how people feel about his great gift? Now, you know, there are some people who are very faithful in their Sunday attendance, mainly to make sure that them and God are okay for what happened on Saturday night. Y'all with me? And I kind of wonder, as God looks over the landscape of all of us, and God sees that kind of faith, does that make God Those are real ways that many of us think of God today. So I can tell you for a fact, we don't quite understand Jesus either. Just like those people who are along that road looking at Jesus coming, waving their palm branches. Maybe you don't carry yours with you. Maybe you do. We have some outside. We hope you'll take it. Wear them. Uh, on your jacket, put them in your car to remind you of that. But, 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 but we don't usually carry these around with us, but we are just like those people who stand on the side of the road and say, God, save us! Now, for the people of God then, what they were asking God to save them from was Rome. And that's not really what we ask God to save us from. I, I, I better leave it alone, but I know some of us have really strong uh, political opinions, but believe me, it's not the same today as it was then. We aren't asking God to save us from Rome like they were doing then, but we are asking God, save us from debt. God, save us from sickness. Save my family from falling apart. Save my spouse from leaving me. God, save us. What we don't realize, the same thing those other people didn't realize either, is that God wants to save us. God has said, here is the way I will. What those people didn't realize is that God's peace will save us. And that the way to peace is the way of peace. That's true for you and I here today. The way that God saves us from ourselves is showing us 
the peace of Christ. The way to peace is the way of peace. And both of those are staring us down while sitting on a cult. God doesn't want you to come here to just hear about peace. God wants you to be able to rise, to go out there, and to live by that peace. And it's then, friends, then that you know the life God wants for you. So until next Palm Sunday, may God's peace be ours. Amen? Yeah, amen.